You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the coolest party on the podcast block. (laughs) Okay, I'm kind of joking, but seriously, welcome to the party. If you are new here, you are in for a treat. And if you're an OG listener, woo fam, welcome back. Today, we are answering all of your questions about, drumroll please, photography. Yeah, we're going over all of your questions that you submitted specifically about photography. So if you're a photographer, you're ready to up-level your business, then this episode is for you. We answer a bunch of your questions from how far in advance to open bookings to how to organize your Lightroom and catalogs to keep your computer from getting bogged down, all the way to answering tough questions of, I feel like I'm trying everything and nothing's working. How do I go full-time? How do I build clientele? How do I build my photography business? What's the secret? (laughs) All of that. We're diving into all of the goods today. Now, just a reminder, if you haven't already, come on and join our Heart and Hustle Facebook group. That's where the squad hangs out, asks questions, encourages each other, all of the above. If you want to have your question answered on a future episode, join that group. And we've said this before, and we'll say it again. If you are loving this podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us out so much and lets us continue to serve you with free education twice a week. Now, I will finish my spiel here, and we can get to the show. Let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Welcome to the show. I am stoked for today's episode. It's going to be a power punch Q&A of photography questions. So if you are a photographer, this episode's for you. Let's just get right to it. Let's stop beating around the bush and let's go. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. The first question comes from Sydney and she asks, when do you open your books for the next year? Now, I think Honestly, this is kind of a personal question. I mean, we're going to give you our answer, but I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong or right answer, a wrong or right, a right or wrong answer <laughs> to this question, just because it's it's so different for everybody. And it depends maybe on like your niche. It's obviously different for families versus weddings versus seniors versus newborns, like all of those type of photography styles go like, ha- like have different kind of things that, that require, like they just work a little bit differently. Um, I think because we're answering this question and we are in the niche of like intimate weddings and elopements, the answer for us is that we, we don't usually book more than about a year out. Um, and, and I feel like we even kind of sometimes pull that back in to be almost like we don't book farther than nine to like nine to 10 months out. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, that's a personal decision. I think, there are exceptions. Like if you get a really incredible inquiry and it's for like a year and a half later and it it works out, then I think sometimes we've done that where we've booked farther in advance than just like a year. But I think for the most part, that's like the stickler of like what we're comfortable with. I mean, Evie, do you want to kind of 
say why maybe? Yeah, I think there are like a few reasons for that. And, you know, this is where like everyone's personal decision kind of comes in a little differently. But for us, a lot of our reasons are like, number one, just life changes. Like, you know, you never know, like Lindsay, you know, is in, in the stage of building a family. So she never knows when she's going to be having babies or, you know, whatever, like there's a lot that can change for, you know, for me, it might be like, I don't know when I'm going to be getting married or like, I don't know when I might be moving or, you know, just different things that you never know how much or how fast your life can change. And I personally don't feel super comfortable booking further than a year in advance. So I think it's because for, especially wedding photographers, like that's, you, you are showing up. Like, yeah, life or death, you are showing up. Well, other than life or death, you are showing up. Like, (laughs) like literally the only thing I would not, I would cancel a wedding for, like that I am booked for is like giving birth or a family death or I'm in the hospital and I physically can't. Like, those are like the only exceptions. So it's like, this is why it's such a personal decision because it's like, you're literally locking yourself in for something like so, so much, like so far in the future. Um, yeah. And, and that's just, you know, personal comfort levels. And for us, yeah. we're like, no, thank you for further than 12 months. But that's the first thing. I think the second thing is pricing. Mm-hmm. We really like the flexibility to to raise and lower our prices more often, typically raise, um, without really being locked into the same price range for like a year and a half or two years or whatever. I noticed when I was kind of building my business and photography and I was, you know, raising my prices a good bit or all this, that when I booked a few times, like like a year and a half or more out, by the time that session came around, my prices were like tripled or or, or more. Yeah. And I'd gotten multiple inquiries at my current prices for like, you know, just different things where I, I noticed there was a tiny part of me that was like, I should have charged more for this. Or I felt a little like gypped yeah. or resentful. Not in, and that was no way my client's fault. That was just something that I noticed mentally was not like something I actually loved doing was booking mm-hmm. that far in advance for like the pricing point. So that's just something again, that's like life changes. Yes. But also like the, the reality of pricing is a big reason that we keep it within like a, a 12 month range. Yeah. Well, and I feel like kind of tagging on to that, it's kind of in under the same pricing category is say you book a wedding for just it's it goes right along with what you just said, which is like, oh, okay, you're getting paid less. But say that you you booked a client a year and a half out for a wedding, and then six months later, you get a dream inquiry, like one that you're dying to shoot, and it's on that exact same day, and or not even a, a six months, maybe like a year later, like mm-hmm. maybe you get multiple inquiries for that day, and you've raised your prices. They're wanting to book you. you it would be more money. But because you book so far out, you're not able to do that. So it kind of yeah. is just like it it I think just less time is better. To yeah, like and I, th- I think that kind of goes into like my personal like final reason that I really do it, which I Lindsay's the same, is like our niche of like intimate weddings and elopements, like it tends to be a, a lot more last minute than yeah. than, you know, more maybe more traditional weddings or whatever. Uh it's not uncommon for people to book, you know, their elopement photographer or, or plan their elopement or whatever within like within eight months or something like that. And so I like to keep my calendar a lot shorter in timeframe than like longer because I like to leave room for that niche and for those clients who are, you know, Mm -hmm. coming in at at different times and super far in advance. So again, oh yeah, nope, go for it. (laughs) I was going to do a follow-up question that I could sense maybe someone is thinking is like, okay, well, what do you do if somebody inquires and it's obviously for more than a year out? 
uh, I just send them an email that's basically kind of explains a shorter version of what me and Evie just said, yeah. um, that life, life happens and that I, I wait. I'm, I'm more comfortable waiting until about a year. So I ask them to reach back out. And then I like to put it in my calendar mm-hmm. to reach back out. Cause I mean, and you might lose the client because they might want to book it immediately and go to another yeah. photographer that, that will book it immediately. But, um, I try to just be as personal as possible, like send them still kind of like a, a different version of my email that I send normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to, I think the extra step is like you actually reach back out. That way it's like if they forgot, cause they might very well forget, it's like you're on top of it and you still might get that booking then. Yeah, that's same thing. And I think that's a really great way to go about if you do want to limit your booking time. Great way yeah. to not just be like, sorry, nope, not booking. You can be like, hey, I'm so excited. I love the sound. You know, I would love yeah. to work with you. Here's some info. But also like I I don't book further than 12 months or further than X amount of time for these mm-hmm. reasons. I would love it if you reach back out to me around here. And then again, I, I also still send them my pricing, but then yes. I just, I caveat it. And I say, I can't promise that my pricing will be the exact same. Um, but I, here's my pricing anyway, just so you yeah. can kind of see what I'm about. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something we both do to, you know, keep us within the the range of the booking period that we want and also yeah. still show up and serve our people as, you know, For much sure. as we can. Okay. Mm. Now the next question, Lindsay, do it's you want to take a it? Yeah. Well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the questions and then you start. Um, we got two questions that kind of were, they're different. They're from different people, but they kind of had the same essence of them. So we kind of joined them together. So Mm -hmm. question number one is from Lena and she says, how do I get clients without doing a million free sessions? I've already done that. My portfolio is solid, but I just can't seem to get my work or people interested in it or my work seen or people interested in it. She says, I post daily on Insta and my website loads in 2.8 seconds, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just really getting frustrated. So that's question one from Lena. Question two is from Emily. She says, how do I work towards replacing my nine to five job income with my photography income? How to get more clients other than styled shoots, using Instagram, building a new website, advertising, et cetera. Um, so basically they're <laughs> both being like, how do I get more clients? I'm frustrated. It feels like I'm already doing what I need to be doing. And how do I get more clients other than doing styled shoots, Instagram, building a new website, advertising, et cetera. Yeah. I think there's, <laughs> I have a lot to say here. We might get a little sassy on this one too. So please know that this is coming from a place of of love and we want to see you succeed. So this might be why we're giving you a little bit of tough love. Yeah. We're going to give you a secret to to the to solve this problem for you. There is no freaking secret. Like there's no <laughs> magic. There's no snap your fingers and voila, you know, your business is is suddenly working. You're full-time mm-hmm. booking. Like there's no answer that we can give you based on these questions, that's going to be like, oh, well, your problem is clearly this, you know, you know, okay, you've been trying style shoots, Instagram, website, advertising, let's give you the secret answer that we've been secretly hiding from you. Right. It's like everything, everything that you listed, at least in Emily's question, everything that she listed, she's like, how do I get more clients other than style shoots, using Instagram, building a new website, advertising, et cetera. And I'm like, Emily, that that's your answer. That's it. That's it. You, you, you already have your answer. Now the question becomes, okay, is, is something not working? Like, yes, you have a website or like Lena said, my website loads in 2.8 seconds. Okay. Awesome. But is your copy, does your copy suck? Do your photos suck? Like that's where as an entrepreneur, (laughs) we have to like, and I'm not saying Emily or Lena that your photos, not at all. I'm just saying as a entrepreneur, photographer in this instance, Mm -hmm. we have to do the hard work of like looking at what we're already doing and being really, really like objective objective on ourselves, Like, yeah. 
Okay, yes, I have a website. It loads in 2.8 seconds. Yes, my portfolio is awesome. Is it? Like you have to like, like I'm, I've been even looking at my work and I'm like, I could be better. Like I could yeah. do this better or my website, sure. like do a comb over of your copy and like, be like, okay, it, am I, am I really like attracting who I want? There also could yeah. be a disconnect with maybe your work's incredible. Maybe your copy on your website is incredible. Maybe your portfolio is incredible, but are you, is there a disconnect with how you're marketing and is it hitting deaf ears or is mm-hmm. it hitting your ideal client correctly? Yeah. Um, Like, like for example, when Lindsay and I were like going over these questions and kind of chatting about it, I was like, well, you know, you could be living in rural middle of nowhere, you know, Wisconsin or Wyoming or whatever. And you are shooting like a, a, a editorial, like, uh, luxury style of, you know, whatever photography. And the people in your area aren't willing to spend like 50 bucks on, you know, a new, whatever, a new TV, let alone, you know, 500 bucks on a These are more than 50 bucks. I don't know what your price is. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, so, you know, they're, they're like, their budget and their, their priorities are just not aligned with the service that you're offering. And in Mm -hmm. that case, you know, yeah, you could be doing all the things right, but your market that you're trying to reach in middle of nowhere, Wyoming is it, it's a disconnect. And so you have to look at that and be like, okay, I need to begin to market to and travel to, you know, the nearby cities, or I need to become a destination photographer and, you know, get out. And I, you know, that's what Lindsay and I did when we started niching down and, you know, really focusing on who we were serving as photographers. We weren't really finding many of those clients in middle of nowhere, Ohio and middle of nowhere, Kansas. So we began to shoot destinations and travel and, you know, go to these locations where these clients also wanted to go and where they were excited to spend money on their elopement or their session. So Mm -hmm. those types of things you have to look at and be like, yeah, I might be, you know, posting the Instagram. Great. But am I marketing to the wrong group of people like, or the wrong location of people or, you know, and, and that's where you have to really step back and ask yourself objectively, am I actually doing what I should be doing? And is it working? Like Mm -hmm. if it's not working, is it working is the big question. Cause you could do all the things correctly or not. You could just do all the things, but taking that objective look and really asking like, yeah. is it working? Is, where is the disconnect in, in something like yeah. look at the past stuff that you've created? Like even Instagram, uh, I think Emily in her question, she was like, other than using Insta, it's like, well, how are you using Insta? Cause yeah. so anybody can use Instagram. <laughs> I said that weird, but, and, and show up and just post a photo every day. But like, are you engaging in conversation? Yeah. Are you showing up with your face? Are you actually being a thought leader in the photography industry for your clients and serving yeah. them with education? Like, how are you showing up on Instagram? So like, I think we, we lumped these questions together because it felt like you're, you're asking for the secret and it's like, there isn't, and this is for everybody. This is just like, there isn't some secret like information. Yeah, there's tips and tricks. And like, that's what we're giving you on this podcast. But I think the heart of entrepreneurship and building a business is understanding that there isn't some big secret that every successful person knows in the club. Like they're not having like the super secret elite club and like being like, Ooh, (laughs) they're never going to find our secret. Uh, Like there's no secret. It's, it's, figuring out and hustling and doing the work. And if it doesn't work, trying something new. And if that doesn't work, trying something new, it's knocking on doors. If no one answers, it's knocking again and again and again. And so it's like, 
maybe you're actually using Instagram perfectly and it's, it's working for you. Okay, great. Do it again and again and again. It's like, you have to think in the long game. You can't just be like, I tried something for a day and it's not working. I launched my new website and it's been up for a week and I've got no inquiries. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Or like, like start blogging. Like there's just so many things that I think so many people are like waiting for the magical answer. And it's like, there is no magical answer. Like there's tips and tricks, but Mm -hmm. do the work and then do it again and again. (laughs) All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best. And you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking. And you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry. That's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before and you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before, and reach revenue goals that you've barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. I think it's just like the synopsis of this. It just takes time. It takes hard work and it takes time. And, you know, you have to be willing to be objective and look at your situation. Yeah, your website might load in 2.8 seconds. That's fantastic. But then you need to look at, okay, it's not working. Is my SEO optimized? Am I actually using SEO? Okay, what if I try using Pinterest? Pinterest is a great traffic driver. Okay, you know, is my copy on my website actually reaching my ideal client? Do I need to reformat? You know, 
uh, install hot hot jar on your website and figure out are people getting lost navigating my website and they're getting stuck you know at a certain place is this you mm-hmm. know this page isn't oh, we, converting anything we have a good example uh, with that uh, you keep going and I'll yeah, I mean, that's that's just pretty much it. Like, just okay. you have to be objective about what is working or what isn't or what you're doing well versus what you're not. Like, you could technically be using Instagram, but are you using Instagram well? Are you using your yeah. hashtags well? Are you, you know, posting well in your, your with your captions and actually serving your ideal client? Are you showing up personally where people feel connected to you? Like, there's, yeah, yeah you could use Instagram, but are you doing Instagram well? Like, there's, I yeah. think there's a lot of stuff that you can dive into, but the bottom line of it is there's no overnight magical secret that'll suddenly get you successful in business or as a photographer. It's being objective, taking the initiative to figure out what is or is not working, what you are or are not doing well, and then just work hard at it and give it time. Yeah, mm, that's so good. Okay, my two examples, because I thought of another one while you're talking. Two examples, <laughs> specifically with Hotjar. Hotjar, for anyone that doesn't know, is you sign up for it and it kind of video records it like records anytime that somebody comes to your website. That sounds creepy, but it's it's not like photographic. It gives no, yeah, it gives no information yeah. other than how they've navigated the site. Right. So it's helpful as a business owner to see if the layout of your website is actually converting people. Like how, or how it also shows you like the workflow of how people go through your website. And something that we realized with the heart specifically, um, our marketing manager was looking at like, our hot jar and seeing how people went on our sales page when we were launching the photo major, which is our photography course. And it, we realized that the way that the, our website was set up, we have five seasons in that course and people, we had it on a canvas and that like, there was an arrow that you would like look to the other ones. And he was like, literally not one, not one single person that I've seen like in like a year has clicked that button. So we were like, Oh shoot. Like we can't, So that's not working. People aren't seeing the information. People aren't seeing the information. They're assuming that it's only like maybe the two seasons that are just on that first canvas. So it's like things like that. It's like, okay, something isn't working. Clearly there's a miscommunication, but Hotjar in that instance helped us solve something that was like, okay, we could do this better. We could solve it better. Mm -hmm. Um, The other example that I had was polling your audience or polling your clientele, whether it's an email list, whether it's your following on Facebook or Instagram, polling them and actually seeing because what you assume might be working might not be and asking, just like be upfront and ask them. I, the, I feel like it was a month or two ago, I was making blog posts and I pulled my audience and I was like, who actually reads my blogs? Like, you won't offend me, please tell me. And literally the majority did not. And I was like, okay, good to know. Uh, but obviously I had some people that were like, oh, please don't stop blogging. And I'm like, okay, there is a, there is a, a worthiness for blogging in the long game, I think with it, when it comes up on SEO and Google or Pinterest. But what it taught me is like, I, I did a question box and I was like, why, if you don't read them, no shame, but why, like why, if I share a blog post on my story, why don't you read them? And so many answers were like, I'm lazy, like straight up. That was their words, not mine. They were like, (laughs) I'm lazy. I don't, I would rather watch something or listen to something. A lot of them were like, I want, I love your podcast because I can multitask Mm -hmm. while listening. Whereas a blog post, I have to sit down and read it. Also, if you share a blog post on Instagram, people don't want to be taken off the platform that they're already on. Mm -hmm. So some people said they would like bookmark it and then come back. I'm getting into a whole long tangent. This is good information (laughs) though, just for you. Like people don't like reading or being taken off the platform that they're on. So it it taught me, okay, what can I do? I'm still going to blog because it's good for Pinterest in the long game for people to find me. But what could I do to work smarter, not harder? I could take that blog post and turn it into a, a 
IGTV where I'm just talking about the points on my, or I could turn it into a reel or I could mm-hmm. turn that into a caption on Instagram. Like, so I'm still using that same information that's valuable, but I'm using it in different ways that people would actually receive it better. So that was a really good example where I like pulled my audience to realize, okay, something's not working because no one's reading them and me just sharing them on Instagram isn't really working either. Mm-hmm. But it, that doesn't mean don't blog because I definitely agree blogging is great, but it was just like helpful in that scenario to like pull my audience and be like, oh, what I thought was working as isn't actually working. In the way that we think it's working. So yeah, yeah. And being, you know, that was a moment where you were objective and you were like, okay, I'm, you know, you're holding that skill or that, you know, business thing or whatever loosely and being like, okay, if people aren't liking it, how can I pivot to serve my people better? So, right. And yes and amen. When, you do this, when you do this, you can't get all up in your head and you can't get emotional yeah. about it. Like I yeah. could have been butthurt for the rest of the day and been like, no one reads my blog. Like, <laughs> no, like okay, cool. Like it's valuable content. Yeah. Like how can I get it out there better? Like yeah. if my, that's where the objective part has to come in. All right, yeah. we've answered this question. Hopefully okay. that was super we, helpful. We have a lot to say on that one, clearly. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's go to the next question, which is from Emma who says, what size of image to deliver so my clients can blow it up as big prints? Oh, this is the opposite of the last question, which is just like a little short one-liner. We'll answer it right now. Um, Go for it. The answer I would give is if you're exporting photos for a client to print, do it at 300 PPI, which is pixels per inch. Um, that way they have the maximum resolution for printing. However, for any image that's going on a website or social media, you don't need it to be that high of a resolution. So I usually do 72 PPI pixels per inch um, for any website or social media photos, just because that's, I don't know where that number comes from, but it comes from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you so helpful. <laughs> I, but it's like such a random, it's like 72. Like why 72? I don't know. It's, I, I think it's the resolution for, for web. I think that's okay. where I, uh, that that I don't remember to be honest, but I, oh. I remember the number. So yes, probably. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next question is also from Emma, which says, how do you organize your Lightroom collection so that your computer doesn't get bogged down? I've watched a lot of YouTube tutorials on this, but I'm trying to make my workflow more efficient. Mm. <clears throat> we have a, a very simple answer for this. Uh, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. Uh, We have a full five-day Lightroom editing challenge where we literally walk you through everything in Lightroom, including importing, categorizing, uh, exporting, um, editing, navigating through your Lightroom, calling, like we backing up, we literally walk you through an entire Lightroom workflow in five full days. It's totally free. Um, so we're just going to shamelessly plug that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it it also answers that question in depth so much better than we could on this podcast right now. Cause yeah, it's visual. It's a screen recording of us literally walking you through Lightroom everything yep. that Evie just said. So it's it's really incredible and it's free. And we've had a lot of people that have like watched it or joined when we did it live yep. that said like, I literally have been using Lightroom for years and I had literally no idea that you could do this or whatever. So yeah, it, it's super, super good. So go check out that. It's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge if you want to know how to organize you your Lightroom. You want free Lightroom education. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Next question is from, is it also from Emma? Man, Emma is just... Sweet. Okay. Hi, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Emma asks, do you recommend getting on the knot and wedding wire if you are moving to a new place? What platforms are you using besides Instagram, Facebook, and your website? Do you use thumbtack, specific Facebook groups, et cetera? So she's, I'm assuming, talking about marketing, obviously. Um, like, how do you get clients? What platforms are you on? Do we use the knot and wedding wire? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start that, Evie? I don't think you've ever used 
the knot, yeah. right? No, I haven't used, I did have some conversations with the knot and wedding wire when I was, you know, really getting started full-blown into photography. And I just personally, it was very expensive and Uh I was booking a lot organically through my website and my Instagram and Pinterest and stuff. And so I just, I didn't think it justified for me personally what I was doing. And I've also heard a lot of stories, Lindsay's years is one of them, from people Uh who have used like the knot and wedding wire who have have felt that it wasn't totally worth it. But I will also say I've heard a lot of photographers who swear by both platforms or one or the yeah. other. So I think in my experience and my knowledge, I think it just depends on one, your location, two, your niche within the photography yeah. world. Because Lindsay, maybe Lindsay, you take this because you I, have yeah, experience no, with the I, I, so, okay. I have literally so much to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I find literally just what you said, half the photographers that I hear love it and half don't. I think the people that love it, in my opinion, the the brides or the couples that are looking for a photographer or or any vendor on the knot or wedding wire are a lot more classic. I know that's not that's not like a, a full blown stereotype. Like Always, it, it obviously yeah. differs, but I think in general, like general stereotype, I think they're a lot more classic. And so what I find personally is if you're in a more like like really documentary style or like a edgy style or or you're doing like an adventurous elopement and your style of photography and just your experience is a little bit more uh, unconventional or untraditional. That's where I think the knot doesn't quite work as well. Again, yeah. that don't take that as foolproof because like I was on the knot, I, I, I would call my style a little bit more unconventional, especially with the elopements. And I still got booked a little bit, but so don't take this again as a full blown like rule. Like you can, if you have an unconventional style, still use the knot by all means. But I just find generally it's a lot better for people that are a little bit more high end or classy, like that more like classic style. Um, my personal story is I never did the knot or or wedding wire in Kansas. So I started my business in Kansas and I was doing organic marketing pretty well. Um, and then when we moved to Hawaii, that's when I got on, which kind of actually goes to the question, which is, do you recommend getting on it when you're moving to a new place? Um, so I think that yes, what, like depending on where it is, that can be a really great way to market in a new place, especially if if you like are not like if you aren't using Instagram or any organic platforms to the to the fullest extent, or just you know to diversify your marketing strategy. It is paid, obviously, whereas like Instagram or Facebook isn't. Um, But I will say I signed up for the knot when I first moved to Hawaii, mainly because if if this is very specific to Hawaii, because people that were getting married in Hawaii usually don't live here. That's obviously like us. Some of my clients obviously do live here, but a lot of people are flying in, they're coming on vacation or they're having their destination wedding in Hawaii. And so think about this is where you have to place yourself in the position of your client. If you are a wedding photographer in Kansas City or Iowa or wherever you are, if, if your brides are living there, they're getting married there, What are how are they finding their vendors? Usually they're asking friends that have gotten married. It's like, oh, hey, did, who did you use? Whereas if you're planning a destination wedding, if you're in a destination location, people usually don't live there. So they're not asking their friend, who did you use? Because they're not, they're not getting married in the same location. So they're usually going online to search that in. And so what I found, the reason I did it was because when you type in Hawaii wedding photographer, the knot was like the third link. And mm-hmm. then if I got, if I paid for the knot and I was on the front page of the Hawaii wedding photographer, then that was like great marketing. Yeah. However, 
I signed up for it. The price to pay for the knot for a year, I think is roughly about the price of one wedding at the time that I was charging. So I, I think I booked one or two in an entire year purely from the knot, um, which is, I mean, it, it paid for itself. However, it, it wasn't near as much worth it for like my organic Instagram marketing or my blog. Like I had other avenues that were pulling people in a lot better than the not. And so I quit after the first year, but I, I, that's why I did it though, is because I wanted that, that organic or that marketing from people that are looking for destinations. So that's mm-hmm. something I would, I would look at is one, can you utilize free marketing to the best of your ability, like Instagram and blogging? Facebook and social media and all of that or word of mouth if you ha- if you are in not a destination location and you're local you're trying to get booked in your city or are do you live in a destination location where most of your clients are flying in and it doesn't have yeah. to be Hawaii like maybe you live in Palm Springs and a lot of people have destination weddings in Palm Springs I can't talk Palm Springs um so I think that's just something to consider is looking at your location is it a destination location is it not um you can try it out uh I think it it is a nice avenue if you are moving to a new place like that is a way to kickstart it obviously you have to pay for it but it is a a way to diversify your marketing so I mean it kind of goes both ways it's like yes and no (laughs) yeah I think I think that's a hard we can't be like yes we recommend it or no we don't I think it just depends on everyone's situation so we would just say like look into it you know figure out I personally, this is my personal thing, I would encourage make sure your organic marketing is is really solid when you're moving to a new place. Like re reformat your website and SEO, like and all of that to to forward market. And then, you know, use the Instagram hashtags and really like push it on Instagram and like Facebook and go to Facebook groups and post in those. Like I think there's a lot of ways you can do it for free organically if you don't want to spend that money. But I also think, you know, there's, if you're financially like comfortable with investing and like trying it out and you, you know, book even one wedding or one, you know, session, you'll probably recoup that cost. So it's hard to say like yes or no, but I mean, I think it just depends on the situation. And I think Lindsay and I both kind of lean a little bit more towards no, if you're outside of the traditional wedding Mm -hmm. space, because I think the knot and wedding wire, I think are fantastic for the more classic and traditional, which is a beautiful style. That's just not ours. So that's where like, we've haven't quite found like the perfect match with those platforms. So yeah, yeah. I would also, the last thing that I'll add to this question is, kind of like what Evie said, like make sure your organic marketing is is really good. However, like we were talking about this earlier, but I, if you're not showing your face on Instagram or, or, or your website, or like you're not comfortable showing up in your brand personally, then I think being strategic, if you're using, I'm trying to orchestrate my thoughts. If you're using <laughs> organic free things like Instagram, social media, things like that, I think the best way to do that is to have a personal brand and show up because your face creates connection. Like that's just true. But if you're the kind of person that you're not comfortable doing that and you still want to find a way to get clients and to market strategically, then focus on SEO, focus on the not, like focus on things that don't necessarily require your face. However, if you do, like if you show your face, it's going to be worthwhile. You're going to like just have another aspect of why people would want to book you. But I just wanted to add that in because if you are someone who doesn't like Instagram and doesn't like blogging or like those free like marketing services, then yeah, the knot might be a great avenue for you because then you're paying to bring people in through another way that doesn't necessarily require your face. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was our final question. We wanted to keep today's episode short and sweet. Hope that was super informative and super helpful for you. We love chatting all things photography because that's obviously where we started and really grew on our entrepreneurial journeys. And we still love the photography industry so much. So if you listened to today's episode and it was fun and helpful, feel free to screenshot, share on social media and tag us. We love seeing what you guys are listening to, what you're enjoying. And we love the fact that you can share it with your friends. Um, so if you want to tag us, it's at Mrs. Lindsay Roman for Linz, at Evie Rupp for me, and then at the Heart University for this podcast and our education company, Instagram. Yes. And uh, come join our Facebook group. We've said it before. We'll say it again. If you want to join a great community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are ready to kick butt and up level. And, well, and that's where we pulled the, the questions that we answered today on the show are from yeah. the Facebook group because yeah. we asked you guys for questions. So if you want your question answered on the show, join the Facebook group. <laughs> Get over there. All right. That is all for today. We will see you on the next show.